Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, as well as Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited. My name is Keisha Hill and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Who is Michael Asher? All major artists from Jamaica, Bujabantan, Rita Marley, Culture, Steel Pulse, and many more have requested Asher's equipment before they would take a show in Ghana. He is also a disc jockey and a toaster. Today on Impact in Jamaica, we will explore his journey from Maypen, Clarendon to the West African country of Ghana and the growth and development of his musical career over the years. Michael Asher, thank you for joining us on Impact in Jamaica. Oh, thank you for having me, uh, Keisha. Thank you for having me. Who is Michael Asher? I'm sure, is this the name that is registered on your birth certificate? Uh, no, actually, the name on my birth certificate is Michael Morgan, Michael C. Morgan, to be honest. All right, so what uh, led to the name change? Well, you know, sometimes a, a man reached to a, a certain stage of uh, consciousness or awareness where he makes certain changes to, you know, to his life or, or to, to his name, like in my case, I was, a, um, I was a member of the 12 tribes of Israel from 1981. And I learned that my tribe was Asha based upon not just the month, but the moon, you know, the time that I was born, you know? So knowing that my tribe is Asha and feeling more connected to what Asha represent and, and what Asha mean, I felt like going out into the world, you know, as an artist, and, and bringing my message to, you know, to the people. I wanted to, you know, I wanted people to know me as my, my spiritual self, you know, and that my spiritual tribe is Asha, you know? So yeah, I, I changed the, spe the, the, the way the name is spelled. Again, just to be different, you know, I later learned that the Ethiopian um, pronunciation is actually Mikael. And not Michael, so it's you know it's one of them things where you just feel more aware of yourself in a different way from when you you know you know what you your the identity that you get when you was born. You know, I felt like I needed a new identity, a new you know for represent the new me. You know what I'm not saying? Yeah, more like that. At what <laughs> the stage? New me, you know? At what stage of your life did you make this change? Well, I I would say. I was around 19, between 18 and 19 when, when I found, you know, I found myself as an ancient Israelite, you know, as a, as a Rastaman, a true Rastaman. And around that time, everyone, you know, started calling me Mikey Asher, you know, Mikey Asher. So, you know, I never really liked the Mikey. It reminded me too much of being at home. Too many didn't want to represent the new, the new me, the new awareness, the new consciousness. I felt more like Michael, you know, it was more appropriate. So yeah, I was around that time of my life. 
All right, so was it the same time that uh, your attraction and love for music developed? It, it grew. It definitely grew at, at around that time because I'm under already love music from when I used to go to church. Saying when I when I was you know a young teenager, 12, 13, you know, I used to um 11, 12, 13, 14, I used to go to church, you know, and I used to play the drums, the Congo drums, you know, with my hands like you know, like you know, like bingy drums, you know, and I used to sing gospel songs. So I did have that love for the music from back then, you know. My father used to always sing, you know, around the house. He used to always sing like church songs, gospel songs, you know what I mean? I said, and um, around around the time when I connected with the 12 tribe of Israel, you know, is 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 really when that love for it that it grew stronger at that point of my life because I saw I saw a brother by the name of Ruben first, Ben Ur from Jamaica. He had just came to New York to perform and he performed at a 12 tribe show. And my God, I'll never forget that. You know, it was, I felt like I could imagine myself being like, you know, ancient times, like, you know, the Bible times, you know, the way that brother chant on the mic, you know, the way him chant, his voice was just thunderable, you know, and it was just conscious lyrics and, and the way the, the music, the, you know, like the sound was like, you know, you know, Jalof sound from Jamaica, one of the most, you know, um, ancient Rasta sound. And Isn't all of the 12 tribes on them tried to sound like that sound in a, in a Jamaica. So, you know, that sound was like really powerful and it, it, it left a mark on me, you know, something that lasts even until this day. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying that becoming a member of the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, helped to foster your musical aspiration to the point where you also became involved with their sound system. Yes, yes, I, I was uh, uh, one of the DJs then on the 12 Tribe of Israel sound, you know, and um, I also perform on the 12 Tribe of Israel stage show. And around that time, around 20 years old, you know, 21 years old, I built my own song, you know, a song right. called Ja Inspiration. What's hmm? the name of the song? Ja Inspiration. Ja Inspiration, you know, Celestia Inspiration. Yeah. Was it during this time that you also, that your love for dancehall also grew? Because I know you have a fondness for dancehall music. <laughs> yeah, man, for real, you know. Yeah, I always love dancehall, man, from, you know, from, from those times when I used to have my song, you know, play it every day. You know, I used to live with my brother, you know, my brother's Dan Roy Morgan, as you already know. You know, I say, you know, and I thank God for that man. You know, he's been very instrumental in, in my life in, in so many ways, you know. But around that time, around 20, 20 years old, 21, I built my sound system. You know, I have a brother from the 12 tribe of Israel. His name is Michael Naptali. You know, may his soul rest in peace. Very intelligent brother very wise, very smart, very good with his hands, very smart. You know, he was an engineer, you know, and he he constructed, he designed the boxes that we were going to use from a design, you know, back in Jamaica. You know, he, he brought that design from Jamaica and, 
you know, we use that design for the sound system. And, and, and you know, me and that brother, you know, we run that sound system. We play out, you know, our own shows, parties, what we get hired to play. We play even for 12 Tribe, you know, parties. You know, me I say, and yeah, I, my love for dancehall grew because, you know, we used to play all of the, the you know, all of the hot tune them. You know, me I say, all the hot, you know, orthodox tune them, Rasta tune conscious music you know so yeah man it really grew in me and, and uh, around that time quite 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 a bit you know yeah man for real where were real, where man. were some of the where were some of the venues that you played your sound system was it um only in jamaica or in the united states did you get to go on tour i made a big move when you talk about going on tour <laughs> i made a big move around 1995 and you know, I went to Ghana, you know, for the first time, Ghana, West Africa. And when I got to Ghana, West Africa, you know, I saw the love, you know, the, the people that I saw how much them loved music, them love reggae music, you know, them love the culture and the music, them love the message, you know, I said, and to me, Ghana was like, it was like a big Jamaica, you know, the people them, them have the same attitude like Jamaicans. You know, not as rough, obviously, but you know, I, mean, I said there was, you know, the way we walk, the way we talk, you know, the food we eat, you know, enough of the stories, them the history. It's just, it was like a big Jamaica. So, you know, when I came back, I, I went for like about two, three weeks. And that's when it really, it really hit me that, you know what, I need to bring my sound system to Africa and bring this message of, 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 of you know, of Rasta you know, to Africa, you know, I, I really, my whole love for Africa came from the 12 tribe of Israel and my, everything that I learned from the 12 tribe, you know, it, it, it taught me that I needed to go to Africa to find my true self as an African, as a Jamaican, as a black man. And I needed to get out of Babylon, you know what I mean? I said, because we sing about those things all the time. You know, our music, we always sing about Africa, you know? So when I joined 12 Tribe of Israel, I found out that they needed pilots. They needed, you know, doctors, you know, skilled people. And the reason why pilots, the reason why when they say they need pilots, the reason why I was attracted to that is because I love airplanes and I always love flying. You know, that's it. And, you know, I wanted to fly, but I never knew what kind of a career I would have in flying or how I would really, how serious I would go towards learning how to fly until I got to 12 tribe. When I got to 12 tribe and I found out that, you know, one day the 12 tribe of Israel is going to buy an airplane. I was very drawn to that idea, you know, that I'm, I'm not only a member of, of a Rasta organization that reminds me of the ancient Israelites that I read about in the Bible, but I was also a member of an organization that was planning on buying an airplane. And I'm like, okay, so I can be a pilot and fly the plane. Then said, yeah, man, we need pilot. And then there was a brother too. There was a brother, oh, I don't remember his name, but he was also um, a member of the 12th tribe of Israel and he was already a pilot. So him tell me, say, yeah, man, we need more pilot, man. You forgot to, man, go and go learn how to fly, go on a school. And, you know, I was like 19 at the time. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school. I went back to school 
And I went to college, you know, the University of Massachusetts. I went there for one year. Then I transferred from there. I went to an aviation college called Daniel Webster College. And I actually went there for four years. And I graduated with my commercial pilot license. And I was ready. <laughs> did, did you ever get the opportunity to fly? Well, here's the thing, right? So, again, I graduated with my commercial pilot license. I had over 300 hours of flight time, multi-engine rating, instrument rating. I was ready. Went back to 12 Tribe and them said, why are not really ready for buying a plane yet today? <laughs> Oh, so, but, but I mean, you could have gone to any airline. I mean. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that was like my plan B, but I, that wasn't in my heart. But I went, I worked for the United Express Airlines. I worked for them for a year, but that wasn't, that wasn't my destiny. That wasn't my divine destiny. You know, I did it for a year and then, you know, I started doing something else. I started just doing my own business, you know. Um, and I, my whole thing was, I got to go to Africa. I want to go to Africa. So from the time I graduated college in 91, I worked for the airlines for a, a year, 92. By 92, 93, I was doing my own business. And within two, three years, I was able to save up enough money to take myself to Africa. Because Africa now became like the dominant thing for me, regardless of whether I was going to fly an airplane for the 12th tribe of Israel or buy a ticket with, um, I think it was American Airlines or Delta Airlines at the time. So I went back to the music. You know, when I realized, once, once I finished school, you know, I, my, I instinctively went right back to the music because that was my first love. So was it at this like time I said, that I went, you, was it at this time that you relocated to Ghana? I didn't relocate. I went to visit in 95. Right. 1995, I went to visit. And from that visit, Maria said there was a need for equipment, for big sound, like big equipment, you know, like big dancehall thing and, you know, big stage show thing, like, you know, stadium thing. So I said, oh, we put all my, my effort into building a sound system that would attract, you know, promoters, that would attract you know, even even doing shows for the government. I was thinking big. So we bring a lot of equipment to Ghana. You know what I said? Um, 1997 is when we, 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 we fully, you know, we brought, you know, all equipment, lights, instruments, truck, transportation, and we registered our company called Jamaical Entertainment in 1997 in Ghana. Okay, which which area of Ghana did you settle in? Well, we we um we established our home in the eastern region. You know, there's a little town in the eastern region called Somania. And you know, we that was our base, but we worked out of Accra because Accra is the city, you know, when 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 the people really started to realize what we had, you know, I say it was like, okay, the thing that really set it off was the Bujubantan show. Bujubantan came to Ghana, I think it was 1999. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Buju is very, very good friends with my family, you know, Gramson Buju, very good friends. So I know Buju from, you know, from way back. From the days of Penthouse. Yes, from the days of Penthouse, from, from when, from when Buju did do that, um, that show on the 23rd Psalms with Grams, you know, oh, from them yes. time there. You know? That's a really good yeah. one. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when he came to Ghana, Donovan Jermaine was with him. And, you know, he told Donovan he's going to he's gonna ride with me, you know, because I was at the airport. So, you know, you know, so we had a good vibes, man. You know, you know, that was his first time in Ghana. You know, we had a really good vibes, good Rasta vibes, you know, good Rasta vibes. It felt really good. And me and him have some good reasoning. And, you know, one of the time him tell me, say, I think it was that same night or the next day, him tell me, say, yo, my lad, we're not going to have no show, you know, I have to cancel the show. So, you know, I was like, what do you mean cancel show? He said, my lad, we don't have no equipment. So this was like, okay, this is my opportunity. So I said to Boot, I said, yo, my lad, we have equipment, and we have big equipment, big sound. You don't know, so we come compact and ready. He said, eh. So he had his engineer come check me, take a look at the equipment. Boot, engineer, saw the equipment. I was like, he was like, oh, crap. Like this, this equipment, like at this equipment, we should have didn't look on from in at the beginning. You know what I mean? I said, so, you know, they was very happy, you know, you know, so we see the show, you know, big show at, at the um, National Stadium, you know, so from, from that time, from that show at the National Stadium, you know, all of the big artists then, all of the big show then, you know what I mean? I said, at Jamaica, let me Michael Asha equipment, you know what I mean? I said, right. and you don't know, we have to death on the show. From them, I get the equipment, they must make the bingy man work on them show, because you don't know the thing, it's like, you know, a business, you know what right. I mean? I said, you understand Steel Pulse, uh, uh, Culture, Joseph Hill, Culture Andre, uh, Rita Marley, you know, all of the big artists, then when them come, you know, you know, say, oh, Michael Asha equipment because, you know, I take care of the swing. So we really establish ourselves as, you know, the man, the people, them who know the sound quality, the quality of the sound, like our people, like how we do it in Jamaica. You know, we established that reputation from in the late 90s. You know what I mean? I say, so. We, 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 you know, we released the first album. My first album was released in 1999, that same year that Bojo came. You know, the album was called Bingy Man. Ah, yes, I, I remember that because a part of your title says Michael Asher, the Bingy Man. And I was wondering yeah. where you are given and how you are given this name. Yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. I, um... I did a song. I actually wrote that song in St. Thomas at the Morgan Heritage Estate in 1997 or 98. And I put it on the Bingy Man album. I wrote a song called Original Bingy. That song was actually produced by Sly Dunbar, Rabbi Shakespeare, and Bongo. Bongo Ehrman played the, the drums, the Bingy drums on it. You know, give thanks to... Um, to Stuart Brown, you know, African star, because, you know, he helped me to, to really make that connection and get that song done. So the song was called Original Dinghy. And for some reason, that song just took, you know, it took the people, them just love it, man. It's like they could relate to it, you know? Them like the part where they say, I saw me stay, I saw me turn, me not go change for no one. Them love that part there. So that was funny, but the thing is like it, it just is like it's like a fire. It's like it's like you start, it's like when you kindle a fire, you know, in a 1999, and the thing like it never got out. Mm. It never got out. The people them just love the bingy man vibes. You know what I mean? I say, so them just start calming the bingy man. You know, I say. So, <laughs> yeah. so that was attached to 
Michael Asher, no, you're known as Michael Asher the Bingyman. Yeah, for real. From Michael 1999. Asher. That's a very long time. That's about 24 years. May I tell you, and the, the thing about it, right? Now I'll show you how, you know, there's a thing we call music that has longevity, you know. And then there's a, a thing we call music that's like, you know, that don't have longevity, you know. And that song is one of those songs. You know, out of all the songs that 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 I have done, and it's been many, that song, like, it, it make a statement. It make a statement because, you know, the song is talking about one search for oneself. You know, that's what the song is talking about. You know, what, what I was I sitting one afternoon. Can I can I sing a verse for you? That's what I was just about to say to you. Can you sing a verse okay. of it? Let us go into the okay. break. <laughs> Okay, okay. So there, there's a singing verse that goes, I was sitting one afternoon looking across the sea. The day was nice, the sky was bright, and the sun was shining on me. I was searching for some answers of my identity. I took time out and realized it was all inside of me. I am original bingy. Me day I from the foundation. I saw me stay. I saw me time. Me not go change. You know what? You know what I say? So it's like Indeed, original that was, bingy man. Yeah, all right. it's all about you know. It's all about being who you are. You know. So that was that was me in search of self and finding my divine self you know yeah right. man. we are speaking with michael asher the bingy man rastafarian musician disc jockey and toaster he is sharing with us his journey to stardom and how resilience and perseverance has helped him to achieve his goals so continuing with our conversation you said you've had an album right and that yes. song was popular from the album how many albums have you released after the um the success of the bingyman album um we was invited to perform in ivory coast which is a country right next door to ghana and you know alpha blandy you know he's like the the bob marley of west africa you know he i um, mean he, he invited me to his fiesta so we went there we did our thing and we were able to secure two deals, uh, a production deal with Alpha Blandy and uh, a distribution deal with Showbiz Records. So we worked on another album. I actually brought um, a producer from New York to Ivory Coast, and I brought some artists from Ghana you know, to, to Ivory Coast. We spent a, a few weeks there working on that album. That album is called Amagidian. So that album was completed in 2001. So we did um we did the promotions for the album in 2000 in the summer of 2001 you know radio tv newspaper you know magazines things like that and then we were to we were to um you know tour do some shows you know um the the the, the latter part of the year you know to promote the album so 2001 September um September 11th, you know, we saw the destruction of the World Trade Center in New York City. Right. You know, so, you know, me being a New Yorker, you know, having my family back in New York, 
I decided to go back to, to America to, um, you know, check on my family, make sure everything good, you know? Right. So, right. yeah, so I came back to America around the, uh, early October 2001. And, you know, as destiny would have it, you know, we get ourselves into a little situation with, you know, some old cases, some old cases came back up, you know, some old cases mm-hmm. with the law. You know what I say? And then, you know, we had to, we was out of commission for about seven years. You know what I say? Yeah, so so we didn't get to tour the album. And, you know, seven years go by, I felt like I needed to spend some time, you know, with the family. You know what I say? Give it some family time. Still Mm -hmm. have the love for the music. You know what I say? And I knew I would get back to the music one day. I just didn't know when. So this first album was 1999, Bingyman. Second album was 2001, Amagidian. And um, around 2018, you know, I went to Ghana with my nephew. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, you know, it, it, it took seven years out of my life. Okay. You know, that's it. and, you know, going through that, you, you realize that your purpose, you know, your divine purpose is, is a lot more than what even you think it, it is or was, you know what I'm saying? And you start to realize that there is more to do, more to learn, you know what I'm saying? Because little did I know that what I did in Ghana and Ivory Coast for those three years, the fire that we started, it kept burning that when I go back to Ghana in a, in a 2018, it's like the people, them, them still remember the dingy man. <laughs> After all those years. So me know say it's something divine. It's not like, say, well, then, you know, anything other than that. And so we give thanks. We give thanks for the opportunity for really put our message out there that Jack put into our hearts. That message of, of positive, you know, thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I say positive talking, you know, that results in positive actions. You know what I mean? I say so we put that message out there as a as a as as a as a mission, you know, more of a of a of a, a higher calling. So we put it out there on Africa and it and it, it uplifts many people. So we give thanks to Jack for that because Jack give we that inspiration, that talent, and, and, and give we the opportunity for really put that, that positive message out there. So we give thanks for that and we give thanks for Sissy, it catch fire, you know, because when I'm on go back uh, uh, Ghana in 2018. The amount of rasta when me see, the amount of youth when me see with dreadlocks. Are some people when me know where, where them never have nothing to do with rasta, just, you know, clean cut, conservative, you know, people. Them turn dreadlocks and them, when them see me know, them say, Selassie, Rastafari, yes, my lad. I'm like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm thankful to know, seeing that I have something to do with that. You know, that I had a contribution, you know, to, you know, in, in that, that, you know, that, um, that movement, you know what I mean? I said, so, right, so when even you saw, now, sorry, when you saw um, that reception from these persons, when you returned to Ghana, what, what did you do? Uh, how, how, what were your plans to, you know, um, continue on this vibe? When I think about this new millennium and this mission on me that right now, I remember a meeting that Gramps and myself had 
with former president, you know, Jerry John Rollins, you know, very, you know, you know, may his soul rest in peace, you know. He um he met with us and you know when we told him of our story, you know, he was very, you know, he was very um he was very appreciative of that. And then he he actually requested something of us. He asked us, he said, you know, he said, my people here in Ghana have been corrupted by the Western influence. And I believe that your music, your type of music can help them to bring them back to, to you know, to a certain state of consciousness, you know? And he said, he believed that if we make the right kind of music, that it would elevate the, the, the minds and the consciousness of his people who have been corrupted by the Western influence. So, you know, I know when he said it, I looked on Gramps and Gramps looked on me and I know I took it to heart. That was 2018. And I don't have to ask if Gramps took it to heart because see, you know, Gramps just released his, um, his solo album about a month ago, a little over a month ago. You see, I know the Michael Asher album is being released in two days, in three days. Three days. So this is your three days. So this is your latest project. How long did you take to put this together? Um, I really started working on it seriously from 2018, you know, and and then um and then like last, last year is when I said, okay, that's it. You know, I'm not I can't travel, you know, COVID is here, you can't go anywhere, you know, that's it. So I really just lock in, you know. And, and locking at the studio and just work on it, you know. So the album was actually completed late last year. You know, only thing left to do was mixing and mastering. You know what I said? But you know, the album tells not just the story of of Michael Asher for the past three years, uh, but it tells you, you know, the story of the Bingy man, you know, and 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 his his liberation. You know what I said? Because the Bingy Man Liberation is no different from the Black Man Liberation. You still may I deal it. And the, the album is called Unchained. And, you know, unchained meaning free. You know what I say? Mentally free, spiritually free, emotionally free, and physically free. You know what I say? So we are no longer chained. So the album is about Black Man's liberation. It's about, you know, liberation of, 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 of humanity, you know, uh, as a people, you know, it's about not giving up, you know, it's about, you know, knowing who you are, you know, not putting limits on your mind. You know what I'm saying? One of the things then, that I see, you know, that is happening with this song is it's really connecting, not the song, but the album itself. It's really connecting with what's going on in the world today, because in that album, you will you will see you will, and hear the story of a man who has found himself to the point of like Bob Marley said, you know, emancipate yourself from mental slavery, right? Right. None but ourselves can free our minds. So the, the Unchained, Michael Asher album Unchained is the story of a man who has gone through that emancipation of that mental slavery. He has gone through it and he is now unchained. So the reason why I say I connect it with what's going on today is because I feel like, you know, we, the Rasta, you know, we always stand for something because we did already 
take ourselves out of that Babylon thinking, that Babylon way of life. So I feel like me coming to Jamaica now to launch my album, knowing I'm going back to Africa and the rest of the world to push this message out there. I feel like it is important for me to let my Jamaican people know, just to remind us, ourselves, of who we are and what we represent to the world. You know what I mean? I say we are more than just, you know what I mean? I say jump up and down and the hype up thing and the shake up this and the go down the that. And we are more than that. You know, when, when I travel the world and I see the respect that Jamaican artists get, Jamaican people in our whole, not just the musicians and the singers them, but Jamaican people in our whole get that respect of a, of a, a, a people, you know, a set of people that, you know, that, that fight for what they believe in, you know, I said that have their own creative ideas, their own creative mind, mm -hmm. you know, I said, and I feel like I need to remind us that, you know, we don't need to follow, you know, the, the, the strongest, the strongest, uh, our load is nice because we have our own thoughts, our own mind, our own feelings, our own way that we see things. You know what I mean? I say, so even when the government or, or the church or any institution, even educational institution, when they tell you that you must go this way, my thing is, you know, you must look into it for yourself and see if it even makes sense to go that way. You understand me, Mr. Keisha? Mm -hmm. See if it even makes sense to go that way because I find in this time, a lot of our people, the mind is not free. They're so easily persuaded to believe in a this. To believe in that. You know what I'm saying? And me, me want to push that message out there. Let us remember who we are. We are creative people, number one, and we are warriors. We are people who fight for what we believe in. So we must question the government. I say, don't listen to the government, you know. You know, me right now, me I promote a revolution, a revolution of the mind, right? A revolution of perception. You know, may I promote that because even the government themselves, even the man who run the country and his 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 party, they have to think for themselves and don't always follow what the you know the American government tell them to do, or Canada, or the British government. No, the man they must be real leaders and lead the people, all the people, not just some of the people. You know, that's because we. For me, come here in Jamaica in three weeks and change me there, no, no. I miss the people are suffering in Rasta. Miss the people are suffering. And when me look and see a big ship come in, a big ship from a day when the country locked down, and the big ship come in with almost, well, almost 2,000 people. Tourists come to, you know, to enjoy Jamaica, enjoy the place, enjoy the culture and the vibes and everything, which is nice. But when I listen and I hear one of the tourists, it was an elderly lady, a Caucasian woman, a white woman. She said, the place looked like a ghost town. She said the place looked like a ghost town and she don't really enjoy this trip. She's been to Jamaica four times before. She don't really enjoy this trip because she don't get to interact with the people then. You know what I mean? I say, like she normally do. So the reason why I'm talk about that again is this to remind us of where our wealth is. Our wealth is the people. The most simplest common person where you say, oh, they, where, where, where I sell key and I sell water, I sell, you know, coconut. The simplest person, 
that is where the wealth of the nation is. It's not the government or the rich people them who have the money. No, it's the poor people them. So what I say is, me I encourage not just the government, but even the people to think for themselves and don't just follow the strongest win. Investigate things, ask questions. Ask questions, search out things, and make sure so when you make a decision to do A, B, R, C, are the righteous one, are the best decision possible for you. You know what I'm saying? So I encourage that Aya, because when me go out there in the, in the world, I'm here to my music. I'm see all the people that respond to, to the music that come out of Jamaica right now. It's like there's a hunger, there's a yearning, there's a there's a thirst for the message, the culture. You know, I mean, I say artists now push the culture out there, you know, big up all of the, 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 the cultural artists them. You know, I mean, I say enough respect. You know, I mean, I say Chronics, Bojo, you know, Capitan, Sizzler, you know, the whole of them want to be all of the, the cultural artists them. Because me, I have to big up them artists there. Why? Because the people out, there's a set of people in the world. They're all right with the dancer, but them hunger, them hungry and thirsty for the message in the music where I come out of Jamaica. Me hear it for myself, me talk to enough people. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to encourage that and remind my fellow musicians and fellow artists that number one, we have to come together. That's a number one. Because we, you know, we are really at the platform, you know, and we are inspire the people, you know, and we are motivate the people and teach the people. You know? So we have to make sure, say, the teaching where we are giving them and the message where we are put out there. Conscious, conscious, positive. You know what I'm saying? Again, love, love what the artists them are doing. Again, this is just a reminder because me out there in Africa for so many years, I mean, know, me know what Jamaica is known for. And it's not just the thing where, what do you call it? Freaky dance, all of that, them call it now. Well, you know, dancehall have different elements, um, mm. but dancehall is what it used to be back in your day or even my day. It has changed significantly, mm -hmm. but I'm happy that you're pushing for culture and for yeah, awareness, free, freeing yeah, the mind so that yeah, we can ma. emancipate ourselves. All right. So in, in wrapping now, give us a, a verse. From one of your songs on the album. A verse from one of the songs on the album. Yes. Okay. Um, so many of them. So many of them. So many one that them. relates to freeing the mind stands out the most. <laughs> that's okay. the message you're sending. It's true, it's true. You're very you're very right. Oh yeah now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, now. Say, heathens prepare for war. Israel prepares to meet Jah every time, every time. Look into yourselves and see the things that you can be. Limits on your mind is a waste of time. We're gonna walk in the footsteps of Jack. We're gonna turn from our foolish ways. So come along, trot along, let's sing this song. Yeah, you know, yo man, it's just positive vibration, we say, you know. 
footsteps of right. John. So we just want to remind the people them for you know follow me from Instagram and and Facebook at Jamaical Entertainment. It's J A H M I K A L Entertainment. You know, also you know subscribe to my YouTube channel again, Jamaical Entertainment. You know, we already have about five videos off of the album. Plus, we have more content, you know, on the uh, on the YouTube channel. So, yeah, man, subscribe to my YouTube channel. You know, check me out. Check out the message. The, the message is in the music. You know what I'm saying? So, All right. yeah, man. This has been a very interesting podcast. We have been... You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting people them not one DJ tune yet. Drop it, no? I play Sing Sing, I deal it. Drop it. <laughs> Oh, you mean, man? Drop it. Michael lost a family if you touch down once again. And when I touch down, the man, I mean, I beg no friend. I feel born a fire upon the hypocrite, then. Born another fire upon the wicked man, then. Hope all the antichrist and him demon friend. And all of the boy, then, we par with them. You know, being a man after war with them. And fight for the rights of the little children. Fire burn them. Born right. another fire upon the... <laughs> Yeah, well, know. we have certainly enjoyed this podcast. A really prolific entertainer, Michael Asher, the real bingy man, the real yeah. rasta man. <laughs> yeah, who, you know. Be, who in his message has told us never to give up, free our minds, never. emancipate ourselves from mental slavery, right. as the yeah, great Bob Marley had told yes, us yes. many, many Back years ago. King. Asher yes, yes. is a member of the musically blessed Morgan family and yes. the prolific 12 tribe of Israel Rastafarian group. From a teenager in the church, his own sound system, world-class public address system in the West African country of Ghana, aviation and commercial pilot. This yeah, man, man, an entrepreneur, he has traveled, so can you. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, as well as Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.